Hey, it's Chris Black with Adam Abdal here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We're in a new space here. This is the Bear Down Podcast. There's no music to start this. There's no intro. Uh, we're just here on the feed for the Bear Down Podcast. And guess what? Tuesdays and Thursdays now, we're going to be recording Bear Down Podcast. We'll still be on Black and Abdal weeknights 6 to 8 here on ESPN 1000. But now we are going to bring you more Bears coverage here on the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. It's Black and Abdal talking Bears football with you. Well, I mean, look, we could, like, we're not just floating in space. It like, kind of feels like that. We no. could add music. Why? Well, but this but could be a thing that we, is, you know, we add to it as we go along. But, but starting up, it's just us. Well, you got to start somewhere. And some Bears thoughts. Well, yeah, it's going to be us twice a week giving Bears thoughts all year, not just listen. The football season does itself, right? Like, that's easy. Come in here, talk about the game, preview the next game, all that other stuff, blah, 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 blah. It's the off-season. It's where you build the team, Chris. Oh. Where you build the team for the future. Where we look and break down positions. We'll talk to some great people on this podcast. Not today, but in the future. I'm just setting it up for everybody in this space. They'll, wow. come, they'll come into space and float with us in space. Don't you feel like we're floating in space? I do kind of feel like we're yeah. floating in space, and it's not because of the edibles I ate. I'm just okay. kidding. I did not eat those. Well, you should for the show tonight. No, 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 no. You want, you want, you want me to be of clear mind and no. sound body. No, thank you. No? Yeah. That'll okay. be a pass. Hard pass. Uh, but so here we are. It, it's the Bears Down podcast. Uh, usually uh, on this feed, you, you find shows around Bears pregame, postgame. You also find uh, fancy football coverage with Jeff Meller. You, uh, you get to hear different interviews throughout the year that take place in the football world. Uh, it, it's all uh, curated in this feed, but uh, now you're going to have some original content uh, that's only for this feed, and uh, you'll, you'll get some Bears conversation. And that's where you find us, Black and Abdal, with you. Uh, you can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000. And now we're going to talk some Bears football. So kind of to get, to get this started, uh, and this feed's been here on the ESPN Chicago app for some time. But I think today we should just establish some of our thoughts as the Bears have a new front office, a new management group, a new head coach, and like a fresh beginning for this team going forward. Matt Eberflus is your head coach. Ryan Poles is your GM. You still have the same ownership group, which isn't fantastic. But hopefully the fresh blood and fresh eyes on this roster Hopefully that will take this team to the next level because as a diehard Bears fan and, and you're a diehard Bears fan, this is our, our favorite, our rooting interest throughout the year is paying attention to Bears football, talking football, and going and attending uh, Bears football games. It, it, it means a lot to us, and, and we want to see this team play well on the field and, and give us something to celebrate uh, going forward. And hopefully this new regime will be able to bring that to the table. Yeah, a new regime is like a, it's like a, a new car smell. Like the Bears have that new car smell about them. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it just yet. There's a lot of stuff that we need to work on. You know, you got to figure out where the, the windshield wipers are and you got to figure out where the, you know, if there's the, you know, that weird light that comes on when you open the door. Sometimes it comes on when you open the door, but if you hit something, it doesn't come on when you open the door. Like you got to figure all that stuff out. That's what the Bears are doing. They're figuring out what they have. They just got a new car. And they're trying to figure out what they have in this car. You know, do, is the camera in the back working? Can I turn that off? Can that annoying beeping noise? Can I turn off the annoying beeping noise? It's really annoying. I don't like it. What's this light coming on over here? There's like weird surround lights. Like, I don't want that on my car. I, you got to figure all that stuff. I got I to set all the radio stations. AM 1000, obviously number one. 
you know, uh, FM, HD, 100.3, HD2, obviously number two, and then whatever it is after that. Shouldn't be anything else. That's all you need, just the first two. I don't want to crap on your uh, your analogy there. That's a great um, analogy. What are you talking about? Read the manual, bro. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's it's that much of a struggle to uh, figure out a new car. No, it is sometimes. It no, depends I, on the car. I, I don't think it is. These new these new fandangled machine machines, Chris. Some of them have suicide doors. Some of them had doors that open like wings. Like, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Some of them, if you do the wrong thing, it makes fart noises at you. Hmm? Teslas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so you know, the bears have a lot of work is, I think, what you're getting That's uh, what I'm getting point. at. That's what you're, I'm getting you're at. You're getting to that point. Figuring it out. Yeah. A, lot a lot of figuring, figuring it, out. it out. A feeling out process. Yeah. Uh, so in the off season, right, when the bears fired Ryan Pace, fired Matt Nagy, the, um, the ownership group, and their search committee, with the help of uh, Bill Polian, uh, they kind of came up with this this concept. We need to interview all these people, right? Uh, we had a list of like 20-plus candidates for both jobs. It, it was whittled down to Ryan Poles and to Matt Eberflus. They get the jobs. Bill Polian was on Waddle and Sylvie after the search was done. And he said that the the Bears had six to seven blue chip players on the roster. And I feel like a good starting point to, to where we feel this team is and where it needs to go in the future. I think you and I should list off who we think are blue chip players on the Chicago bears as of right now, because I I feel like this is something that uh, if you take a certain context, you may uh, suggest that this team does not have a lot of talent, but I, I think I could look at this, this team and, and look at some of the budding potential that we have and say, you know, I think this team isn't as far off as some may believe it to be. And then we can go through the different uh, blue chippers that we feel are, are currently on the roster. Should I give you my list first? Do you want to give your list first? How do you want to do this? Well, I feel like when you talk about Bill Polian and you mentioned that he said that they had six or seven, right? Blue chippers. I, th- I can think of probably think of the seven he was thinking of like i can give you the, i think what i can give you is the list of seven well for context when of. he said that khalil mack was still on yes. the team khalil mack was still on the team akeem hicks still on the team okay i believe those two were part of it and now they're lo- no longer on the team so i still think that i could find five blue chippers however there's there's asterisks next to a couple of them does that make sense? Okay. Like, the way I look at it as there are two hands-down blue-chip players on this team, to me, two. And then there are three that I put little stars next to. That like, okay, not yet, but in order for this team to be successful, you need to turn into a blue-chip player, because otherwise, this team ain't going anywhere, right? Like, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at, I have five, but three of them have little stars next to them. I have seven. On the team. Yeah. No stars. I've got seven. No yeah. asterisks. Well, I, I think one player will, will definitely frustrate you. Uh, but I, I don't think you can knock his credentials. So I, I think uh, the debate will be about the said um, circumstance and not necessarily the player. Okay. But I, I've got seven down on my list. All right. So who do you have? Well, first and foremost, I mean, the two that, that stand out to me right away are Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Like, those to me are the hands-down blue-chip players. Robert Quinn set the franchise record in sacks last year. Uh, Roquan Smith, we know, is an all-pro player at his position. 
Now, what remains to be seen with him is how Matt Eberflus is going to use him in this new defense and what he's going to bring to the table. Is he still going to be as effective? Like, he's not a guy that gets to the quarterback. He never has been a guy that gets to the quarterback. But he's a guy that if you, like, he's always around the football. He's quick to get to it. He he demands, you know, attention from the offense at all times to know where he's going to be on the field. The quarterback always has to keep an eye on him. I feel like those two guys are hands down, no asterisks for me, blue chip players on this team moving forward. I agree with you. I have both on my list. I, I in complete agreement agreement there. It, it's they're the two best players on the defense. They're the two best players on the team. Robert Quinn last season gave us a fantastic year, record breaking year in Bears history, most sacks in a single season. And Roquan, I feel as if he doesn't get enough of the um the hype, the um attention nationwide. But uh, Roquan Smith is as good as it gets when it comes to a linebacker from side to side being able to stop the run. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned it. He may not get to the quarterback as enough, mm-hmm. but I feel that also plays into the part that like he's not really blitzing as much. When he does, he's ferocious. No, I mean, he look, gets after the quarterback. Three so. sacks, 12 tackles for a loss, which was second only to Robert Quinn, who had 17 tackles for a loss. Like, I know tackles for a loss aren't a sack. But it's kind of, it's not necessarily the same thing. But if you're tackling someone behind the line of scrimmage, you're doing something right. Sure. So if you've got 12 of those and the second guy is Robert Quinn, who set a record for with 18 and a half sacks and 17 tackles for a loss as far as Bears franchise goes, like that to me, you're doing something good. My eyeballs tell me, though, when Roquan blitzes, he gets there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't recall him blitzing and just being a non-factor on a play. Like, when he is firing up the middle going after a quarterback, he may not have the numbers that match, but also I think it, it, part of it is, like, how the defense was ran in the past. Yeah. And, and so I, I think 100%. Roquan, blue chipper. Uh, Robert Quinn, blue chipper. No doubt. Absolutely. I agree with those two. Your turn. I would then uh, stay on the defensive side. I'm going to put Jalen Johnson as a blue chip player. I think in coverage, uh, you could point to the fact that he's the lack of interceptions to the stat line, but I I feel as if his ability to play coverage, to stick to uh, wide receivers, to make big tackles, to to work in the run game as well. Uh, To me, Jalen Johnson's going to be a good player for a long time. He's a blue chip player. On the defense, boom, there's three guys on the defense, blue chippers at positions you need. Someone to get after the quarterback, a linebacker, and then also uh, in coverage. Uh, We just need a little bit more assistance to Johnson uh, in in the secondary, but I feel as if Jalen Johnson is a blue-chip player. I agree with you. I put him on there. I put him as one that's uh, an asterisk player, meaning like right now, I don't know if I necessarily put him as a blue-chip player. Like you're not getting first-round picks for him. If you Like the way I look at a a blue-chip player is if you trade that player, you better be getting a a first or second-round pick for them. Whoa. I I feel like that's way way too... um, Why? I, I what did you get for if, Khalil Mack? No, but blue chip is like foundational piece in my mind. When you say first round pick, you're talking about superstars. Yeah. Superstars I said get first, first or round. second round pick. I said second round pick eh, also. It's a little, yeah, like that's a little pricey. Why? For, for just a straight blue chip I'm player. I'm not just handing out chips. I'm well, not just handing them out. I, I'm calling out. These aren't Pringles, they're blue chips. I'm calling out players who are substantial foundation pieces who who are have the ability to be pro bowlers uh maybe an all pro player but i I feel as if you're saying a blue chipper is a a superstar 
someone who's better than just guys who are very good. See, that's what I'm saying with the asterisks is that Jalen Johnson needs to be that guy. He needs to be that guy that you think that is a must-keep, like non-tradable, unless someone comes at you with a crazy offer. Like, unless someone comes at you with Robert, with Robert Quinn with a second-round pick, I'm not trading him. Like, if draft day comes around and someone wants a second round or someone's willing to give you a second-round pick for Robert Quinn, I make the move, but only for a second-round pick. Like, I'm not taking a third-round pick for Robert Quinn because I think he's a blue-chip player. I want Jalen Johnson. He's not there yet. But I think he can take the next step this year and become that style of player that you know quarterbacks want to avoid as far as when they're targeting receivers. He's, I hope he can get more interceptions and be that kind of uh, a factor on the defense that Matt Eberflus wants. He wants takeaways. like That's one of his hits. He wants takeaways. So if that's going to be the case, Jalen Johnson needs to become a blue-chip player. And in order for this defense to be successful, you have to have that shutdown corner and I think Jalen Johnson can be that. He just needs more time. See, and, and that's where uh, I think, once again, we, we have a difference in opinions when it comes to the blue chip player. I don't look at blue chippers as untouchables. Um, you, you need more blue chip players to obviously win mm-hmm. in the National Football League, but I feel as if there's very few untouchables in the NFL, and there's like six or seven quarterbacks who are untouchable, and like that's it. The rest of the league... You, you can trade a guy for, for draft capital. You could cut him because uh, you want salary cap space. There, there's, to me, there's all kinds of reasons why a blue chip player may not fit on your team. But I don't view the blue chippers as untouchable. And I don't think, quite frankly, I don't think Robert Quinn and or Roquan Smith are untouchable. You think they're untouchable? I don't no. think they're untouchable. Now, well, look, for the right offer, like I said, a first, second round pick, you give me, you want to give me a first round pick for Roquan Smith, you can have him. Well, you sure. want to give me a second round pick for Robert Quinn, you can have him. There's one untouchable on this team, and that's it. Well, I, I wouldn't even go that far. I, I don't think there is an untouchable right now. You know, like if, if a team came along who had a, an elite quarterback, but they were in a contract situation, and, and you had to be forced to give up Justin Fields. I don't think that like there there are situations where you could find yourself convinced in trading him for someone else. Like before the Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson, would you have traded Russell Wilson for Justin Fields, knowing that Wilson was due a new contract? Yeah, but at that point you're exchanging blue. Ch- I think Justin Fe- Justin Fields is on my list. Okay, as a blue chip player, I, I'm just establishing that I don't value a blue chipper as that as if they're untouchable. No, I'm not saying that they're and, untouchable. And that's why but, when, when you say the blue chipper, um, you know, you're valuing them as like the best of the best. When I'm saying these are these are stud players on your team, yeah, uh, but that may not mean that they're untouchable and or all pro players. But if you want Justin Fields, you better come at me with a first round pick or Russell Wilson or something like that. Like I'm not just giving them away for nothing. Like, this isn't Baker Mayfield. This isn't, you know, where we're just giving you a sixth-round, fifth-round pick, whatever he ends up getting for him, right? I'm looking at Justin Fields as what the draft capital you spent on him in trading another first-round pick in order to move up to get him. To me, he's a blue-chip player because he has to be a blue-chip player in order for this team to be successful. Just based on the draft capital you gave up, where you selected him, what we think he can be, He's a blue chip player to me because to go with my criteria of if you want Justin Fields, you better come at me with something good because otherwise I'm not trading him because I think Justin Fields is the future of this franchise. And he needs to be in order for 
you know, Poles, Iberflus, all these guys to be successful, he needs to be the future because you can't be in this situation again where you're trying to draft another quarterback. Oh, no doubt. And and I, I agree with you. He Justin Fields is a blue chipper than me. Uh, at the moment, if we're counting through our list, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, and Justin Fields is the next guy. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm looking at this, too, uh, from the perspective of it's Bears blue chip players for 2022. So in this next season, I think he will be a blue chip player. I would say he, if we had to suggest he was what, the second or best player on offense last year? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're one of the best players on offense, you've got to be a blue chipper, right? And, and so I'd say his development going forward, the fact that they will try and protect him as a, I, I believe they will because Ryan Poles is an offensive lineman. Uh, he knows the value there of making sure the offensive line is set up. I feel as if the offensive line is taken care of. Justin Fields will have more time. He'll be able to make better decisions. His decisions that were poor last year had a lot of uh, fumble uh, situations in the pocket, uh, not knowing his, his like time and awareness in the pocket and, and the clock being uh, a little too fast for him in his rookie season. And I think what we'll see going forward is the one thing that I really liked from Justin Fields is a lot of times with rookie quarterbacks, they try and force a pass in into bad spots that get picked off. And, and you see that like avalanche throughout a season. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad picks. I don't recall bad interceptions from Fields. Now, he didn't score a lot of points. Clearly, uh, the offense not scoring a lot of points. Gets back to the quarterback if you want to levy out the, the blame there and, and divide up the blame. Uh, so I'm not going to allow him to skate on that. Uh, it's certainly a critique. The offense needs to score more points. But as a quarterback and a young quarterback, he wasn't bad with his his throws down the field, causing a lot of different inter- interceptions. And I feel like that's something with a young quarterback that is certainly a benefit. And and so now you give him some time, you allow him to have some some weapons to help him out, a better game plan perhaps. And now all of a sudden, I think you're cooking here and Justin Fields is a blue chip player. He's a player waiting to break out. And I think we'll see that in this next season with the Chicago Bears. He did have those fumble issues. It was Which, fumble, but yeah, it wasn't the it bad picks. No. This wasn't Darnold firing it down the field. This wasn't other quarterbacks of the past who just can't get away from bad interceptions. Fields was actually pretty good in those spots. It was the fumbles, and it was him being loose in the pocket and the, the fact that he was trying to escape. He wasn't able to, to hold on to the, to the football. Yeah, and also yeah, him holding on the ball too long, the pocket collapsing around him. Look, you got hopefully in this next year – he takes that step and says, well, I got to get rid of the ball. Like, hopefully he's learning how to get rid of the football faster. And if the pocket tends to collapse around him, then that is the, that's his cue to get rid of the ball and not just hold on to him, not take the sack, not take the fumble, all that kind of stuff. That's the progression we want to see. But he may not, a lot of people might not consider him a blue chip player yet because he hasn't proven anything. But in order for this team to be successful, again, we're looking at 2022, in order for this team to be successful, he has to become an elite quarterback. Otherwise, this ain't it. And Poles and Iberflus are going to be looking for a new quarterback in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and, and what we saw of Justin Fields in college, he, he's, he's the perfect prospect. Like, there, there isn't anything to critique and dislike if you watched him at Ohio State. And, and he, his 
draft makeup and, and coming into the NFL. I'm not going to let one season as a rookie with a terrible head coach sour the idea that this kid uh, has the moxie, he has the the mental side of the game, the the football IQ, and he's tough. Mm-hmm. He's a tough quarterback. Think about how many times he was smacked in the face, and he wanted to get up, and you'd see him, uh, you know, break the pocket, get a first down, spring up and flip the football for a first down. You know, he has a little uh, a little sauce, a little swag. I like it. I like the fact that he has a pedigree. He was very good at Ohio State. He's proven it on the biggest stage. And then he gets to the NFL. Things didn't quite go his way, but he didn't look completely overwhelmed. There were bad spots, no doubt. But also, he shined in a lot of big spots as well for a team that sucked. The Bears were awful last year. And a lot of that blame, I think, goes back to the head coach and the way that Mm -hmm. this team was put together. No, you absolutely saw the flashes from him last year that leads you to believe that if they get a better offensive line, if they have better weapons, better coaching, all that stuff, that he can do it. I mean, he did it at Ohio State. We saw it. We've seen that he can do it. So I just need to see it at the pro level, which is what we're hoping for. And hopefully that makes him become a blue-chip player for the Bears moving forward. So we both have Justin Fields down. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, four. So you said you have one more blue chipper on your one list? One more blue chipper on my list. I don't think you're going to like it because I don't know if he's on your list, and I don't think people are going to like it either because we didn't see a lot of him last year. Okay. But in order for the Bears to be successful and for Justin Fields to be successful, Tevin Jenkins wow. has to become a blue chip player. Where he was selected, the kind of pressure you're putting on him at his position – the, the, the need for Justin Fields to have time to get to his receivers, to go through his progressions, to go through the route trees, to get through all that stuff. Tevin Jenkins needs to be that offensive lineman for you. And whoever, and like, I could have slots open for blue chippers. Whoever they take in the second round this year has to be that guy. Like, this team needs a quick turnaround in order to be successful in a year. Like, we're not, like, none of us think we're, they're going to go to the playoffs this year. I think they're going to win seven games or so. But in order for them to justify the amount of money that they are going to spend next offseason, which is going to be upwards of $100 million, Tevin Jenkins needs to be that guy. Like, you can't completely rebuild your offensive line. Like, you can't just go through a whole rebuild. Like, some of the pieces that are there have to work out. And we saw him in college. He's good. He's a monster. He's brutal out there and like in a good way like he's he's a good player he's ferocious he's exactly what ryan poles is looking for an offensive line like if tevin jenkins was in this draft i would say like ryan poles is going to go after this guy for sure that's the kind of offensive offensive lineman he's going to look to the problem is his health he hasn't been able to get on the field he only played in six games last year he only started in two of those games last year and you need to see that he's going to maintain health and be able to play a full season at that position and also be effective and given where he was selected high in the second round with the bears pick in the uh because they took justin field and they took him right after uh in the second round so he needs to become a blue chip player like he has to be one of the anchors for this offensive line i'd say this also you know he's slotted in right now as the left tackle Mm -hmm. uh the most important position on the offensive line he played right tackle in college well, look. So, so it's it's you're right. The assessment that he needs to be a blue chipper for this team to have success. Totally agree with you. I disagree that he is a blue chipper, though. Not I don't right think now. he is. I put a little asterisk next to it. I said not now. No, I, and that's why I'm disagreeing with you. I don't think he is. And 
you're right. At, o- at Oklahoma State, he did maul. Uh, he was a fantastic offensive lineman. I liked his attitude on the field. You need a little toughness there. I like in that one play when he tried to defend his uh, his teammate in this last season. You know, he caught caught a penalty for it, but he also was bringing a little toughness, a little mm-hmm. edge that this team has certainly lacked. I just don't see it yet. You're right. For them to be successful, he's going to have to be a blue chip player. You nailed that. I just wouldn't put him on my list right now as a blue chipper. I would say depending on who they draft, he goes back to his natural position. Like, I trust Ryan Poles to look at it enough and be like, nah, Well, he's got to get, get his body right, you too, You go back right? to right tackle. Back issues, not in shape. Yeah. You got to figure that out. You got to be ready to go. You got to yeah. be a pro. Uh, and, and, yeah, that, that's a good point. So that, that's interesting because that's your list, right? That's my list. That's your entire list. That's my entire list. I don't have Tevin Jenkins on my list, and I have seven. And so, so you have three more. I have three more. Wow. One, one's really going to uh, piss you off. Well, his name is probably rhymes with, Petty Laxon. <laughs> uh, the next name on my list, so I've got Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Justin Fields. Give me David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is a good running back, a blue chip player. Uh, he is someone you can give the ball 20 to 25 times a game. He can do everything. He can run inside, he can get outside, he's got a little speed, a little wiggle. Uh, I think uh, David Montgomery, even though I don't value the running back position, as highly as other spots on the offense. I think Montgomery is a blue-chip player. Uh, he's a very, very good player for the Bears. Dave Montgomery's making close to $3 million this year. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023, and unless he's going to take a team-friendly deal, Dave Montgomery does not need to be on this team past this year. You've got Khalil Herbert. You don't value the position. You just said it. He's not a blue chip player to me because he's a running back, and you've got you've got comparable running backs on the roster. See, but, you but you're, you're you're again arguing something different. I'm not saying that he needs to be here past this year, but he is talent wise a blue chip player. He's okay. He's good. He's he's good. He's a blue chip running back. He's good. He's he's better than just good. If you put Khalil, if you put Khalil Herbert in this year, it'll be the same thing. Great, and next year Khalil Herbert will be a blue chip player. But if you can just replace the person who's there with the backup, then what's then he's not a blue chip player. But you also thought blue chippers could only get you back first round draft picks. No, I said first or second. Well, first I, or second. I'm just exaggerating to make my point. Well, yeah, you my, got you got. I'm not going to let point, you do that. <laughs> and my point <laughs> is that I feel as if David Montgomery is a blue chip running back. I feel like David Montgomery is going to be no, one of those you don't players. Pay him, and he's probably not going to be here. Here's That's what's going to happen. He's David a blue Mo- chipper for this season, 2022. David Montgomery is going to be one of those players that if he's not on the roster next in 2023, because they have a bunch of money and there's no point in paying a running back whatever David Montgomery is going to command when you have Khalil Herbert. He's going to be one of those players that people send us tweets about when he he's playing really well. See? Oh. They should have paid him. Yeah, we, we just went th- through that with Jordan Howard. Yep. And it's like, okay. When he was here with the Bears, he was a blue-chip player. All right, cool. I, I don't know. I don't think running backs are blue-chip players unless you have, like, the best running back in the NFL. My like, next. I don't even know if Ezekiel Elliott's on it. Like, he hasn't, he's decent. He's a blue-chip player. Okay, yeah, he's a blue-chip player. His contract's insane. It's yeah, dumb. A terrible but, contract. But sure. Terrible yeah, contract. But sure. My next uh, blue chip player, Darnell Mooney. I think Darnell Mooney moving in as your your number one wide receiver. I don't I don't know if he's the long term answer as your number one, but as a number two, he's a blue chip wide receiver. As a number two, 
if he's in the correct role, he's a blue chip player. He, he's the best wide receiver the Bears have. If you want to have success with Fields going forward, Fields needs that guy who can be his his safety valve, his his go to player. I like the separation I saw from Mooney on a lot of the crossing routes in this past season, and the fact that the connection's already been made between Fields and Mooney. Fields being able to go downfield, Mooney has the speed, the quickness, the ability to make the catches. I think Donald L. Mooney in the right role, blue chip player, but again, he's not a number one. He should be your number two, and at that point, he is a blue chip wide receiver. You can convince me he's not on my list because he's not a number one wide receiver. Like, the Bears have to do better. They didn't in this free agent period. Hopefully they draft their number one wide receiver in the second round or whenever they decide to draft a wide receiver. But if you're not a number one wide receiver, you're not on my list as a blue chip player because I can just find dudes that are fast. Like, he's a, he, okay, he can get to, like, he's the only one out there. Allen Robinson proved himself not to be a blue chip player this year because he barely showed up to games. Like, there wasn't a single game where I was like, man, Allen Robinson showed out in that one. He never did. So you're saying to be a blue chipper, you can't be replaceable. Well, I mean, if you're a number two, then I don't know if you're a blue chip player. Like, he's good, but we've said all year, like, he's a, he's a, he's a real, he's an amazing third wide receiver. But people have even questioned whether or not he's a number two. Well, like T. Higgins, I think, is a great number two wide receiver. But I'd T. Say Higgins is a blue chip player? You don't think T. Higgins is a blue chipper for the Bengals so. offense? I guess my definition of blue chip player, I, I hold my blue chippers to a higher standard. I know. You, you're only shopping them for first round draft picks. Second round picks. First and second round picks. I heard what you said first earlier. First and second round picks. You're going to edit this out, aren't you? All you're right. going to edit me say, every time I say and second round, you're going to edit it out. There's going to be a bleep or something. I don't have the time for that. <laughs> Um, and second round. Okay, so that's six. Mm-hmm. You might just cancel out the podcast when I give you my seventh one. You might just end this. Eddie, just say Eddie Jackson. Just say Eddie Jackson. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is either because I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be on the team. All right, past this year. So well, <laughs> you can cut him. So cool. Like I like Eddie Jackson. I loved him at Alabama, but he should never have gotten that contract. Okay, so based on my logic for this, the best players on the team. For 2022, you qualify in my book as a, as a blue chip player. You establish the the structure of the team is based on the the foundation of you being a good player. I swear to God, I swear to God. Ba- based on the assessment, and we're looking at the team, the Chicago Bears. I swear to God. Uh, if I'm handing out blue chip players, I swear to God, you got to put Cairo Santos as a blue chip player, don't you? He, I got him down my list. He, he's a dependable kicker. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, I feel like uh, yes. Am I hope? Am I giving him a huge contract? Am I hoping for him to be here for ten plus years? No. But if you're looking at blue chip players, the best players on the team, Cairo Santos qualifies as a blue chip player, and that that's my seven. Santos would be the seventh guy. He only hit 86, 86.7% of his field goals. Is that automatic? Well, what, what is that compared to the league? I don't know. I got to look that up. But 86.7%, two field goals attempted of 50 yards or more, didn't make either of them. He went 11 of 13 from 40 to 49 yards. 
And he's, he's automatic from 40 yards and shorter. All right? 40 yards and shorter, he's automatic. As every damn kicker in the league should be. There's not many of these jobs. And you should be able to find someone that's automatic from 40 yards and in. He missed four field goals from 40 yards and over. 41 or larger. Where does he fit into the league, Chris? He's 17th in uh, get out of field here. goal percentage. This is the first and only episode of the wow. Bear Down Podcast. Wow. Because would, Chris went in here was, with a kicker. I would have thought he was. Who's a mediocre Hold on, let me see the best. last season. Oh, he's 7th last season. Okay, cool. This ain't last season. Right, cancel it out. He's not in. All right. He's not a blue I'm glad. Team. I'm glad you re. Cancel him out. I'm glad you reassessed that. I got <laughs> once, six. Once you looked at numbers, got six. He's seventeenth in the league. <laughs> He's a blue chipper. I, I would have thought he was better. Did you know? Uh, let's see. What year am I looking at? I mean, kickers have down years. Of you know course that. they do. Justin Tucker last year was twelfth. All right. People say he's a blue chipper. Well, yeah. I mean, he can have a down year, but like. Cairo Santos? But Tucker bounced back this season, 94%. I think you're, you're letting the bad kicker that the Bears have had, like the years of bad kicker, creep into your brain. And now that they have someone that can hit 87%, you're like, oh, man, got, got to keep Cairo Santos. That was a flawed, uh, flawed thought. <laughs> he is not a blue chipper. You're right. So Chris has six on his six. list. I got six. <laughs> I'm surprised with your Tevin Jenkins. I, he needs. He has to be a guy who's an anchor on this defense for for a decade or more. Like he has to be. You've spent a second round pick on him. Well, I know this regime didn't, but to me, you have. He's got to be in order for the Bears to be successful. He has to be a blue chip player. It's a fair way to look at it. I'm not looking at in the past. I'm looking towards the future because you can say in the past Justin Fields isn't. But to me, you draft a quarterback in the in the first round, and you move up, and you get rid of a you trade a first round pick for him also, so you don't have one this year. He damn well better become a blue chipper. Well, I do think it's fair. I mean, it's possible that uh, Ryan Poles looks at everyone in the uh, the offensive room, offensive lineman room, and says, eh, "This ain't it." I know you said that like he should, yeah, Poles should like mm-hmm. what Tevin Jenkins brings to the table, but you know, perhaps he doesn't, and at that point. Like, if, is he a blue chipper if they say, hey, by the way, you don't have a position uh, going into camp and you have to fight for it? And, like, what if he's a backup? Well, then he, you know, then, like, then I cross him off and right. I only have four. All right, so I've got six. You've got five. All right. All right, pretty good. Yeah, that was that was uh, terrible. <laughs> Cairo Santos. <laughs> you think Bill Polian put Cairo Santos on his list? He might have. You think Bill Polian was like, you know what, that kicker. He's probably asleep. Hi, Savin Terry. He's probably asleep, man. <laughs> hey, it's Blocking Abdal. Uh, so there you go. That's the uh, first edition of the Bear Down podcast. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, you'll hear our show later on tonight at 6 on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you on Thursday for the Bear Down podcast.